You're listening to the Pursue God Recovery Podcast, the official channel for addiction recovery at PursueGod.org. Join pastors Eric Siderud and Mark Alstrom as they talk about overcoming addiction and living a surrendered life. Find more resources to continue the conversation at PursueGod.org slash recovery. Welcome back to the Recovery Podcast. I'm Pastor Mark here with Pastor Eric again, and we are in the third week of our relapse prevention series. Uh, Today, we're going to talk about making a detailed relapse prevention plan. Um, Eric, you you mentioned that uh, some of this is going to be kind of repetitive, right? We've already kind of gone over a few of these things. Um, But but really having this plan in place is what's going to be crucial to us going forward in our recovery. Um, So... Some of the things that uh, that these include, like I said, it's going to be some of it's going to be repetitive. Um, like, what are the, some of the things that that we've already talked about that are going to be included in our plan, Eric? Yeah, I think it's going to be very practical. Like, you know, we we spent a lot of time talking about <clears throat> what relapse is. You know, mental, emotional, and then you know, dealing with the types of triggers there are, you know, the Mm -hmm. internal, the external. And, you know, a lot of that is really these concepts that we had to deal with. But now we're, and and throughout those, we did talk about, you know, prioritizing your relationship with God and, and, and maybe changing your, the people you hang out with and your habits and, and your hobbies and, um, you know, getting a mentor, that's something that we, we talk about a lot. Um, but today, yeah, is really practical in making a plan, um, prioritizing our lives in a way that sets us up for success. And mm-hmm. there's a quote that we have that Benjamin Franklin says, if you fail to plan, you are planning to fail. And so this is our relapse prevention plan plan in this series, and this one in particular is our plan for success, because we know we're going to go out there in the world, and life's going to hit us, and even Mm -hmm. if we've had some clean time for a while, we've got to have uh, a plan in place to be able to learn how to deal with temptation, to figure out what we're supposed to do with this new clean and sober life, and so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, and and like you said, this is that quote is great, <clears throat> especially for us because I think as addicts, we've never planned. We've always mm-hmm. just gone by what we want in the moment, right? We've lived on our through our impulses and and just living by the moment and this is actually we're living this new life now and this new life includes planning and it includes putting in putting safeguards in place to protect ourselves. Um, and so the first, here's the, here's the first one. This one seems pretty, um, basic, I I guess you could say. It seems like this is, this is kind of like a duh thing, Mm -hmm. right? But, um, it's put God first. Okay. And so, um, Proverbs 3, 6 says, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. Okay. Because, what we know, especially if you went through the, hopefully you've already listened to the, the 12 steps that we did already that we talked about. This is really the first part on the road to recovery is putting God first, right? It's, it's, it's making sure that we're not living um, in our own 
through our own intuition, through our own thoughts and ideas anymore. Now we've accepted a, a, a higher power. We've accepted God's way of living because that is what's going to change us and transform us and give us this, this new life. Um, and it's not in our power. That's the biggest part of it is it's not in our power. And that's what I think this, this, um, this verse is talking about, that he makes our paths straight. If we follow him, if we accept his wisdom in our lives, we're not going to make our own path straight, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's another verse I'm reminded of where uh, Jesus talks about not to worry and, you know, about a bunch of stuff. Don't worry about food, clothing, and all, all the things that everybody in the world worries about. He says, seek first the kingdom of God. And and God will God knows your needs. He'll add all these things to you. He'll take care of you if you put God first. And and so we've got five things today. This is number one, and it's number one for a reason because God should be number one in our lives as far as priorities go. And and so we need to learn how to make him priority. We need to learn how to get to know him, have a relationship with him. And, and so there are some practical ways to put God first. Um, one example would be, um, I do this, a lot of people I know do this, is first thing that when they wake up is they read the Bible and pray. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's one easy way to put him literally first before yeah. everything. Every time I've done that and I do that now, it is made for my my whole day to go so much better because I started out talking to God, who is my higher power, the only higher power um, that can help me and that exists, God from the Bible. And so I talked to him through his word. Um, and Well, he talks to me through his word, and I talk to him through prayer, and that's a part of having a relationship with some someone. Like, if you are going to pr- prioritize, you know, having a relationship, like, let's say you're married or you're dating or or you have a child that you want to prioritize that relationship, well, what do you got to do? You got to spend time with them. Plan out the time. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just say, well, well, I'll get to it at some point in time. Like, uh, I got all this other stuff I've got to do first. But but no, the person would feel unloved if we treated them like that. Yeah, it's the same thing with God. We got to put Him first, and so we got to plan a day and a time, and when we're gonna meet and talk, and I'm gonna learn and study and and get to know know more about Him. Yeah, it takes a real intentionality to to put Him first. It's just like in any relationship, I know being married, that's something <clears throat> that I really had to learn was to be intentional about putting her first Mm -hmm. before all these other things. Like when I come home from work or when she, you know, she comes home from something and, you know, um, spending time talking to one another rather than just going straight to whatever else it is that I'm going to go do. It's, it's being intentional about that. And, and it's part of a, part of the plan. It's part of this planning. Like you said, if we don't, if we're not intentional about planning a certain time to do this and, and we're going to fail, we're just not going to put in the time. We're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the second thing, you know, this, once we've put God first, I think all these other steps really are, are easier, right? Because now when God's our top priority, we're willing to do the other things that are important to do. Because one of the, the second step is about sacrifice. I think mm-hmm. it's about giving up things that, you know, may not seem like they're things that 
we either think we need to give up or things that we want to give up. But it's we're, we're calling it change playmates, playgrounds, and playthings. And I remember when I was in a treatment center, we called this people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is this goes back to we were talking about triggers um, last time, and and this is what this is all about. Anything that will trigger us, we need to get rid of that. And it's not just like avoid it for a little bit of time or, or something like that. Like we really need to completely get rid of it, get it out of our life, because even if we we try to avoid it for a while, if we go back to it. I think eventually those those triggers can still come up, right? Yeah, and let's let's talk about uh, the first part of it, the playmates or people. Mm-hmm. You know, we all need relationships in our lives. And so part of how we got into addiction was trying to fit in and trying to build relationships. I know that that's part of how I got into it was was uh, trying to hang out with a certain crowd and to get noticed and to be accepted and and so what happens is, is that um, part of our addiction is also uh, um, reliant on other people, you know, and so we're, we're around people to get what we need to get or, and so sometimes when people get clean, a lot of times, but they try to hang out with the same friends, they end up relapsing over and over again, not realizing that until that person gets healthy themselves, they're not healthy for you to hang out with because they're going to bring up all kinds of triggers and they're going to, there's, there's pure pressure and temptation that's going to be associated with hanging out with the people that you used to use with. And so that, that's a huge, that's a huge, uh, step to take in our recovery to, and this, the, this prevention, relapse prevention plan, it's a hard one mm-hmm. to cut people out of our lives. Um, but again, as you said, if, if we prioritize God and, and we know that um, we first want to honor Him with our lives, then sometimes we got to get the people out of our lives that aren't honoring Him, because that's not going to help us uh, grow in our faith or in our recovery. Yeah, and then I would say, you know, playgrounds... Um, there's been times in my life where I've, um, you know, tried to avoid certain places that I used to go because they bring up memories. They're, they're mm-hmm. triggers. I think we talked about this a couple podcasts ago, but triggers of where I used to use or where I used to hang out with people. Um, you know, I, you can't always move out of your situation. You can't always run from your problems, but Yet you can refrain from going to certain places, uh, which which would include places like bars, right? If you are mm-hmm. an alcoholic and you need to not be around alcohol, then why would you think that you could go to a bar to hang out, just grab a soda or whatever? That's not going to happen. You know, there's a there's a there's a there's a saying that I've heard before. If you go to a barber so many times, eventually you're gonna get a haircut. Or if you hang out at the barbershop <laughs> so much, eventually you're gonna get a haircut. Why? Because that's just what they do there. Mm-hmm. So you got to find places that actually don't do those types of things now. So that means you got to figure out new hobbies, right? New things to do. Yeah, and that and that goes into the third part, right? The the play things. It's the, the finding new new interests and new activities. Um, I think that's a really important thing for the recovering addict because, you know, this is, this is a whole new way of life now. 
And so we need to find some new interests because even, even if something seems like it, it wasn't like that bad of a, of a hobby or an interest or something, if it's going to, if it's going to take our mindset back to that old way of life, then that's, that's a dangerous place to be. And so we, we really need to start to find new hobbies and, and new interests. And man, that, that can really come out of, you know, changing the, the people that we're hanging out with, the environments that we're in. We can find new hobbies and new interests. Um, and, you know, we, we encourage people not just to go to recovery groups and, and find a sponsor and stuff, but really get involved in a community of people that we believe is, is, is really important to find in the church, right? Mm-hmm. You should find a local church um, that, that you can be a part of, that you can serve in, that you can that you can surround yourself with these 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 people who are like-minded like you who who want to put God first in their life as well that's going to be crucial um, to staying clean because man when you start to have to get rid of all these things in your life you're, you're kind of creating a lot of space that space has got to be taken up by something and so if mm-hmm. you're, you're you're not filling it with the right things um, you're gonna fill it with the wrong things Um and so that, that's the second step. The third step, we talk about, you know, we, we've already kind of gone through a lot of this, hopefully, um, but, but processing the 12 steps with your, sponsor, with your sponsor or mentor. Now, why is this important, Eric? Well, I would say because we need to be able to process uh, our thoughts and feelings with another person. Mm-hmm. And we need to have someone to be able to challenge our way of thinking. And so a sponsor or mentor can really speak into our lives, especially when it goes to how hard or how much effort we put into those 12 steps, right? Mm, yeah. So going back and and working through the different, um, you know, practical 12 steps um, with a biblical worldview that we've we've already done. It's on pursuegod.org forward slash addiction. There's also a podcast for that as well, um, which, which we're on that podcast right now. If you go back uh, several episodes, you can start on that. But there's actually a workbook that goes along with those that's on the website. There's a little link there. You can even just look one up and this workbook has all these questions in it that you're you're supposed to write stuff down, right? You're supposed to uh, write stuff down, journal, process. Um, but then that it's not even done when you do that. Then you're supposed to share your answers with a sponsor or with a mentor, and they may be able to see, okay. Uh, from what I've heard you tell me, you didn't add this, this, and this. Or they can say, oh, okay, now I see, you know, why why you do things this way or, or why you have this hang-up here or whatever it is. And, and so then they can learn how to better help you. It's, it's, it's a great thing to have uh, a sponsor or a mentor um, because, honestly... Even if we weren't addicts, we would need someone to keep us humble. Yeah. Because I think one thing about the human problem is pride. Yeah. And and we're kind of blind to our own our own um character defects and our flaws. And that's our nature. And but we want to get better. That's what we're trying to do. And so someone else submitting to someone else will help us get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. In fact, this goes back to, to step five, right? That we talked about, you know, sharing, sharing with another human being, um, the exact nature of our wrongs is what the step says, Mm -hmm. but that's really what this is, is it's, it's sharing this with somebody else, not only to get those secrets out and just kind of purge all of that. Right. But also having somebody who can hold us accountable, um, and, and that's why, you know, in, in a recovery setting, we believe really strongly in having somebody who has been through a similar things that you have, because they can call us out on our crap, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. we, we, that's really a hard thing is, is hold, holding yourself accountable is, is pretty much impossible. We're just too prideful, like you said. We, mm-hmm. we're, not, we're not humble enough to do that, and so we need other people in our lives. And the Bible talks about you know, ke- confessing our sins to one another. There's a, there's a powerful thing about that, and it, it takes away the, the secrecy. It takes away the, the shame and the guilt that will weigh us down if we're not, not able to do that. Um, and, yeah, w- yeah, go ahead. One other thing I wanted to say about this before we, yeah, before we move on is that Eventually, hopefully, the idea is that we get to a point where we become a sponsor or mentor to someone else yeah. as well. Because because all of a sudden, when you have this responsibility where you're helping another person and other people depend on you, uh, it makes it that much harder to relapse when, when you're the person that's caring for other people. And it also gets the focus off of you yeah. when you're helping other people. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 an interesting uh, a point about that is sometimes we we trick ourselves into thinking that if we're going to, we need to help other people for the other people, but no, it's actually for us mm. too. There's a reason like we have to help. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's for our own good that we're helping other people as well. And also I think through this process, um, we also need to mention that there are things that might come up as we're processing the 12 steps with a mentor or a sponsor that um, they can recognize if we need additional help. If we mm. need to go seek some professional help from a counselor or mm. something like that, because sometimes there's some there's some deep you know deep wounds. There might be some uh, just some trauma that needs to be dealt with on a professional level. Mm-hmm. And until we get you know really start to open up and recognize some of that stuff, it's going to be hard to to be able to seek the help that we need. So I just wanted to to mention that as well. I know I I in my life I actually saw a Christian counselor for a while when I was first um, on the road to recovery, and it was really helpful for me. Um, and, you know, this is just my personal opinion, but I, I would say if you are seeking professional help, I, I always encourage people that they seek a, a Christian mm-hmm. counselor because, you know, it's really it's going to be important that your counselor ha- shares the same values mm-hmm. that you do, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, okay, so the, the, the fourth one... Um, is do your recovery one day at a time. This is a really common saying in in recovery settings, isn't it, Eric? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know you never know what uh, is going to happen in a day. As a matter of fact, Jesus says that in Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Uh, I think that's. It's it's a beautiful reminder that you know all we really have is is today right now. We've got to live in the present. We're talking about planning, okay? Mm-hmm. But yet we need to plan to live in the present sometimes, which means you know it was where this 
saying comes from. Do your recovery one day at a time. Don't think about what you're going to do or not do tomorrow if you haven't had a plan for today yet. You know, sometimes people, their minds are always in the future worrying about a court case that's going to get finished or, you know, something going on with the family or some kind of, you know, event coming up. And and yet those are the types of things, thinking about those things, bringing stress and anxiety, get people to eventually relapse today mm-hmm. when really what they need to do is focus on staying clean for today. And there's also something I've I've been corrected on before is I've had sponsors say, don't ever say you're going to be clean the rest of your life, you know, because you can only control what happens today. You can't control the future. Um, don't set yourself up for failure. Tell yourself that today I'm going to stay clean and sober today. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I don't know what life's going to throw at me tomorrow, but today I've got my head on my shoulders and I'm going to focus on God, you know, going back to step one, focusing on on God doing the daily routines and habits that I need to do in order to stay away from addiction, in order to stay away from falling into relapse. Yeah, this, this reminds me of the serenity prayer, mm. right? Where we talk about <laughs> um, knowing what you can control. Mm-hmm. Right, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Mm. Courage to change the things I can. What can I control? What can I change? Only what's in the present, what's going on right now. Do I have the ability to change? Do I have mm-hmm. the ability to control? I have no control over what's going to happen tomorrow, the next day. I have no ability to go back and change my past. Those things are outside of my control. All I can do is 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 worry about today, like like Jesus said in this in this verse, right? Um, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each mm-hmm. day has enough trouble of its own. Staying clean right now is enough for me to worry about mm-hmm. right now, right? Yep, yep, that's so good. that's that's really what this is about, and it's about um, you know this. You talked about this is this is about submitting to God too, and and I can't submit to God tomorrow. Like tomorrow hasn't happened yet. I can't think about it in the past. God submitting to God is a present state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that's really the key to this. So that was the fourth step. You know, one day at a time. Do your recovery one day at a time. The fifth, the fifth part of this is make a plan for temptations. So what is what is this gonna look like, making a plan for temptations, Eric? Well, uh... You know, if we go back to one of the things that we've talked about was our external and internal triggers. If we have found out what those are, if we've done an inventory and and found out some of our weaknesses and why we've done what we did in order to cope, and you're aware of what tempts you, um, the, the stinking thinking that we have, right? Mm-hmm. Going back to all of the stuff that we've worked on up until now, uh, we've got to get to a place where we at least have those written out, which we should have already done, or rewrite them out um, and, and then have an action in place when each specific trigger or temptation pops up. So you, so what you do, what I've heard it's called, is called playing the tape through. 
you get a trigger, something pops in your head, and all of a sudden you think about using, you think about doing whatever your compulsion or your habit or your obsession is, um, and and then you start maybe even plan that out, and, and we've often done this in ways, you know, that were mischievous in the past where we'd plan it out to see how we could get away with it. But now I'm saying plan it out in reality and see how it will really actually end up. Like imagine yourself, okay, I've been, like for me, I've been clean and sober for almost 13 years and I've got a lot going on. I'm a pastor of a church. Imagine if I decided to just use or get loaded, you know, one day. That would cause a huge relationship problem in my family. Um, Then I'd have to go admit it to several people. Uh, I may be disciplined. I don't know if uh, I'd get in trouble. I could get in trouble with the law. That could cause me to, you know, eventually lose my job. There'd just be so many consequences like this, this snowball effect of one decision that we could make could turn into so many different consequences. And, and so that's what we mean when we say play the tape through is realize that uh, if I give in to this temptation, here's what it could really lead to, and it could be very destructive. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, yeah, that's what I would say making a plan for, and we also need to know how strong our addiction is. Yeah. How strong that mental mental obsession that we have towards whatever, it's really strong. Um, Mm -hmm. My wife says says it like uh, our, our, our addict, you know, our flesh that's living in us is like this big, giant, green monster in the closet doing push-ups. He's just training, waiting for that time when that temptation's going to come, and he's going to try to steer us that direction, try to take us that direction. And if we're not careful um, and we're not ready to fight him when he comes out, mm-hmm. uh, he may... Win. So we've got to be trained up. We've got to be ready to go with every possible outcome for a plan, plan yeah. against these temptations. Yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of ties into we've had some discussion before, especially when we had Pastor Brian here talking about because he kind of took issue with us labeling ourselves as addicts, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like saying that, you know, I, I'm a recovering addict. And that's, but that's really plays into this of recognizing our addiction it doesn't just go away. Mm-hmm. It doesn't just disappear. Mm-hmm. We're just able to surrender it over to God, yeah. right? And so it's it, that thing's not going away. It, it is. I like that. <laughs> it's the big green monster in the closet. Just It's still in there. It's still strong. It can still rear its ugly head anytime. Um, but if we continue to submit it to God, then He will give us the strength to carry us through. Um, in Genesis 4, 7, says, um, this is this is God talking to Cain, right? So so the story is Cain and Cain and Abel, right? They 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 give their uh their their they offer their their sacrifices to the Lord, right? And he he accepts one of them and doesn't accept the other. Um and so there's this jealousy burning up inside Cain, and and God sees it and he warns him, he gives him this warning. And he says, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. So that's, this, is, this is kind of that, uh, that image that you just shared, 
Sin mm. is crouching at the door. Sin is powerful. It, it's really powerful. And if we're not careful, if we if we don't aren't aware of it and pretend it's not there, it's going to get the better of us, right? Yeah. Yeah, what it's saying is it desires to have you. It desires to control you, but mm. you must rule over it. And so, in a sense, we we still have this sin nature in us. The Bible says that. We've talked about this a lot, that we can't get rid of it. We can only be forgiven of it and have victory over it, but yet it's still something that plagues us until our death. And so we've got to learn how to deal with it like it's like it's a disease, like it's a sickness um, that needs to be curbed, mm-hmm. that, that needs intervention, that needs medication, whatever it is. Um, that's what recovery is for the addict. It's like the medication for the di- the insulin for the diabetic, you know. And and for us, even as Christians, um, God is is what we need. He is the solution to our sin problem. And uh, it reminds me of another thing that my wife, you know, uh, she had a sponsor that used to say this: uh, "Just do the next right thing." In that verse, it says, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. But if you do not do what is right... See, it's the wrong decisions that lead us often into temptation. Mm -hmm. You know, well, oh, I could just watch this, or I could just go here, you know, or I could just call them up and go hang out with them or whatever. And while we know in the back of our mind and in our conscience, after going through this, we know that that's a wrong decision. (laughs) Yeah. But if we try to always, in every situation, I just want to do the next right thing. Even if I messed up with this decision, what's the next right decision out of this? Um, I think then we can certainly not even have to put ourselves around the green, ugly monster in the closet if we keep making as many right decisions as we can. Now, I know we mess up all the time, and that is why we need the Lord, right? Mm -hmm. And so... I think I would I would end kind of, you know, talking about that, you know, relapse happens. It's happened to me hundreds of times. I'm sure it's happened to you yep, yep. as well. Um, and if you've done it, don't give up. If you do it even after this, don't don't forget all that you've learned. It's not a waste of time even if you if you messed up. God's mercies are new every morning. And if you've put your faith in Jesus, then then you're completely forgiven, past, present, and future, no matter how bad you've blown it. Um, Isaiah 41.10 says this, Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, I will help you, and I will hold on to you with my righteous right hand. You see, God is powerful, and He is, he is greater than any other force, even sin, even the sin and the addiction in our own lives. He is stronger than that. And if we're submitted to Him, if we are His children, He promises us that He's going to protect us, He's going to guide us, He's going to strengthen us. And so we need to be pressing into Him, going mm-hmm. back to the very first thing. You know, prioritizing God, all of this stuff will fall into place. There's a lot of practical practical principles we've learned today, but ultimately none of it is possible without the Lord's help in our lives to overcome this addiction. Yeah, it's that's the beauty of the gospel, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Like it it has the power to to overcome all of these things, not just our addictions, everything. Uh the the shame, the guilt, all these things. And so um like you talked about if we if we do relapse, that's not the end. 
that's not the end because of the gospel, because Jesus already, already paid that price for, for you and for me. He, he mm-hmm. paid that price. He's going to pay the, he already has paid the price for things that I'm going to continue to do. And so that's why we're no longer enslaved to that anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why this is, this is so powerful. And, 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 and what, what it says in the Bible is that, you know, when we accept uh, Jesus as our Savior, that the Holy Spirit takes up residence in our heart. And that's really what this, this verse is, is talking about, that it's, it's His strength that we're going to operate in now. It's not our own. And thank God for that, mm-hmm. um, because we can't do this on our own. Uh, so thanks for joining us for this relapse uh, prevention series, um, and, and join us next time as we start in a brand new series. Uh, I think we'll be talking about the uh, how to not die in your addiction mm. is what we'll be talking about in the next series. Um, so thanks for joining us. Hey, listeners, this is Brian Dwyer reminding you to rate this show on your favorite podcast app. That really does help us when you do that. That way more people can discover this podcast and start listening. And also don't forget to share the podcast with a friend.